what's going on, guys? This is Sean Waller. Welcome to Free Game at Free Game Podcast. I'm already I'm already um, mumbling everything. Um, on this episode, I have one of my good friends from Signature Premier Properties, Annie. I'm not going to. There you go. There you go. Annie <laughs> is a short sale specialist. She is top notch. She actually helped me out with a, um, a deal that I had that was a nightmare, but we'll get to that a little later on in the process of this interview. Um, or not. Or not, or not. Um, <laughs> but Annie, give them a little background on yourself. Okay, so I've been doing real estate full time uh, since 2004. I started doing foreclosures in 2012 and short sales since 2007. So I went through the market crash and everything. And now that's pretty much my specialty is foreclosures and short sales, along with buyers and sellers and everything that, you know, real estate. All the madness in the middle. <laughs> everything. So, so just to give everyone a little breakdown, what is the difference between a short sale and a foreclosure? Because a lot of people just don't know the difference. Right. So that's totally two different animals. That's very true. So a short sale is when a homeowner still owns the property, but they are backed up in payments. So what happens is that they, uh, they, they stop making payments, they have um, hardships and they stop making payments. And then after they have about six months of no payments, they go into a list called list pendings. Um, list pendings is public records. And um, that's when a homeowner has to do a short sale in order to prevent getting foreclosed on. So. With a short sale, a homeowner still owns the property. A foreclosure, the bank has foreclosed and has taken possession. And now the bank owns it. So that's okay. pretty much the difference between a foreclosure and a short sale. Okay, so, all right. So basically a short sale, you're still living in the property, like you said. A foreclosure is basically when the bank still is taking ownership. The you still own the property. the property. Yeah. And a foreclosure is when the bank is basically taking the property back. The bank already took the property. Mm -hmm. okay. And the bank owns it. Okay. Cool. So we broke that down. So hopefully, you know, it's a little easier for people to understand, which I'm pretty hopefully. sure. Hopefully. Um, so now let's go into a list pending because you did you you touch base on that. So list pending, you said after six months of no payment. Yeah, it depends on the bank's guidelines. You know, it could be three months, it could be six months, but usually after a certain amount of months of non-payment, the bank will, you know, start the whole foreclosure process. That's when they hire the attorney to represent them. And, you know, they go into list pendings. It becomes public information that the homeowner hasn't paid for X amount of months. So that's pretty much the first step that the bank takes to kind of like start the foreclosure process. Okay. All right. So, so I'm, I'm going to put myself in the homeowner's shoes, right? I'm a homeowner. I went through some type of hardship, laid off my job. It's been, I, could, I couldn't pay the mortgage two, three, four months in. Now I'm like, you know what? I'm never going to catch up to this mortgage. What's the next step for me? The next step is to call a real estate agent. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so what happens is that, okay, so uh, if there's a, a valid hardship, then um, we can start the foreclosure. I mean, the short sale process. So the homeowner will have to provide certain documentations depending on who is servicing the mortgage. So what happens is that the homeowner would list the property at current market value and start the short sale process when there's an offer on the table and contracts have been executed. So um, you list the property, you get an offer, 
And then we start the short sale process. And then the short sale process can take anywhere between three to six months, sometimes a year, depending on how fast the servicer um, you know, reviews the whole package. But I've gotten short sale done in 72 hours. Excuse, wait, wait, hold on. Excuse me. Yes, can you believe that? <laughs> how is that even possible? Because of the servicer, you know, banks are different. Everyone has their different, you know, different guidelines and different requirements. But I literally got a short sale done in 72 hours. Wow. So it's crazy. They, so they should definitely call you. That's what you're saying? Yeah. I think so. <laughs> that would be a really good idea. But the homeowner, you know, it's important. It's important because the homeowner has to be able to provide all the documents that we need. You know what I mean? Right. So let's, and let's it's not only. Let's get into that. Yeah. Let's talk documents. Let's talk those documents. What, what right. do I need? So I, I'm still, we're still talking as if it's Sean. Right. What right. I, right. Right. What am I? What am I presenting to you? You need to provide at least three months of bank statements, all accounts, all pages, three months of pay stubs. You need to provide two-year tax returns. If not, the bank will have you fill out a forty-five hundred six, and that's like a, a tax verification document. Okay. Um, we need to, but but most importantly, the whoever's on deed needs to be willing to cooperate with the short sale. Okay. So you need all the homeowners to be able to provide documentation. So it depends, you know, you have to really kind of sit down with the homeowner and say, what's the situation? Who's on deed? Who's on mortgage? Is the other person willing to contribute to all the documents needed for a short sale? And, um, you know, so Sean, who's on deed? Who's on deed? Well, I have my, my cousin to help me. <laughs> who's on deed? <laughs> are they going to, are they, are they going to provide all the documents? <laughs> All right, so that's so. You, so you need documents. So you say you need bank statements, right? At least three months. Okay. Three two, months. Two years tax returns. Right. Do I need to fill out any type of documentation stating my hardship? Absolutely. It depends on the bank's paperwork. So the bank okay. has their own short sale package. So, um, you know, you have to like fill out. Uh, uh, an entire, like it could be three pages providing why you fell into hardship, any proof of that hardship you have to be able to provide. I mean, you, you can just write a hardship letter, but if there's any documents that can support that, then it's, a, it's, it's better and it'll be easier to just get the short sale approved. So I, so I can't just say I'm having hardship. I actually have to prove my hardship anyway. Not necessarily. You can write a hardship letter, but if you have any documentation to prove it, then it's better. Then even better. Okay. All right. So, all right. That's good. Do you know why it's good for a homeowner to do a short sale and not get foreclosed on? Talk to me. Talk to me. Why? Because see, this is this is what like it's mind blowing sometimes because, like, homeowners need to be aware of the consequences of getting foreclosed on, mm -hmm. right? So, unless there's like, and we're gonna get to obviously there's a lot more uh, that goes into this whole process, but. Um, when a homeowner gets foreclosed on, there's tax consequences to that. Like, mm. think about it. These banks are not just going to say, yeah, you know, don't pay me for all these years and I'm not going to, you know, go after, or I'm going to pay taxes on the banks are not going to, they're not, gonna do they're not just doing they're not. Right. right. So there's tax consequences to that. Yeah. There's tax consequences to that. And it's, it's better for the homeowner to do a short sale as opposed to getting foreclosed on, because um, either way, the homeowner does get a 1099 with a short sale, but it's not as high as when they get foreclosed on. Okay, and what exactly is a 1099? That is that the difference from let's, okay, let's say, let's 
we're talking about Sean, right? Oh, Let's yeah. talk about Sean. So Sean sells a house. Sean, you owe, you haven't been paying a mortgage for like six years. Your, your payoff with everything and foreclosure fees and all these fees and everything that make up your payoff now after not paying for six years is 600,000. Let's just give it a number. Mm -hmm. So 600,000, we sell your house as a short sale for 400. So the difference, the $200,000 mm -hmm. difference, mm -hmm. the bank will send you a 1099 and it gets applied as additional income. So on my taxes is going to show that I made an additional $200,000. Pretty much. Uh, yes. So that's why we always say, you know what, there are, the bank will send a 1099 and we always recommend for the homeowner to sit down with their accountant and talk about these things because that does happen. Wow. But if you don't do a short sale and the bank forecloses on you and the bank takes possession and the bank pays and the bank sells the house for 300,000, now guess what? The 1099 that they're going to send you is higher. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So now I'll get, I would get a 1099 instead of having a $200,000 1099, I may have one for 300,000. It depends on what the bank gets when they sell the property. Wow. So wow. either way, you know, either way, there's tax consequences to it. All right. So, so you're better off doing a short sale than getting foreclosed on. And what's the, so what's the difference between a short sale and a, and a um, foreclosure when it comes to your credit? So say, so when a homeowner does a short sale, when a homeowner does a short sale, they can buy, they can qualify to buy, I think within three years, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, but with a foreclosure, you have to wait seven years. You have to wait seven years just for the even come off your credit, right? Right. Well, it doesn't come off the credit, but you can purchase, you can qualify for a mortgage again. I think, I believe it's after seven years of getting foreclosed on. Wow. If you do a short sale, you can you can qualify for a mortgage after three years of getting of completing a short sale. Okay. Now you I want to mention before I forget, I no. want to mention that if a homeowner filed a bankruptcy and included the house in the bankruptcy, then that the bank won't come after. I, I believe that the bank won't give a 1099. It all depends on the whole bankruptcy situation. So a bankruptcy change is, is, is a different animal yeah. once a homeowner files bankruptcy. But that's that's going into a total different set of like- Total different, total different. But I just wanted to put it out there because you know, if a homeowner filed bankruptcy, then that's different. Okay. All right, so, so, I've, so Annie, I've been in my house for 15 years, right? We're talking about me again. I haven't been in my house 15 years. I'm not that old, but I've been, <laughs> I've been in my house 15 years. I've modified my, my mortgage like four times already. Like I've, I've been behind. It's not my first rodeo being behind in this mortgage, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's any other secondary mortgages on my title right now. What, what am I doing when it comes to the short sale with that? Like, how am I getting around that part of it? With a second mortgage? Yeah. Yeah. Well, in that case, if there's a second mortgage, then we have to do the short sale and get these two loans, these two lien holders to approve the short sale. So we're not only negotiating a short sale with the first lien holder, we're negotiating a short sale with the second lien holder, and they both have to agree. And they both have to provide a short sale approval letter. So it gets a little bit more complicated because obviously... One of them doesn't want this much. One of them wants this much and it becomes a little bit more complicated, but you would have to do the short sale with both lien holders. With both lien holders. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, so now, um, yeah, that's, that's interesting. All right, I'm gonna switch hats. 
I'm gonna switch hats on this one. Now I'm a, I'm a buyer that want, I want to purchase a short sale. So now I'm coming to you as a buyer. Uh, well, uh, usually a short sale, when it comes to buying a short sale, it's mm -hmm. an as-is sale because obviously the homeowner doesn't have any money to do any repairs or anything that probably needs to be done. That's mm -hmm. in most cases. Some cases the homeowner do, they do like little things here and there to the house. But as long as the buyer is aware of the time frame that can take for the short sale approval, then that matters. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, home, a, a buyer has to be willing to wait the time that it takes to get a short sale approval, especially when we're dealing with multiple lien holders. Yeah. So as long as the buyer has the time and they understand the process, um, then, you know, and the house is priced correctly because uh -huh. that's a big issue. You know, yeah, about we, that have, we have some agents that are pricing houses like for 150,000 when mm -hmm. in reality, it's worth like 300. And then that's when you see short sales under contract for like years. And you're like, what's going on with this property? It's because it's not priced correctly. So yeah. I, I always tell a buyer, like check the comps, see if it's priced correctly. Does mm -hmm. it make sense? Do the numbers make sense? And then you put in an offer. And if you're willing to wait the time that it takes to get the short sale approved, then why not? All right, well, listen, so I'm, I'm cool with waiting the time. You're telling me it's going to take 70, between 72 hours and six months to a year. You okay. said <laughs> you put that out there, right? <laughs> no, that's the experience. Every bank is different, Sean. Every bank is different. We have, you know, we have Chase, we have Aquin, we have Rushmore, we have all these different banks. They all have different guidelines when it comes to short sales. So I'm not gonna hold you to the 72 hours. That's what Sean said. I'm not gonna hold you to the It depends on the bank. It depends on the bank. <laughs> like allegedly right like that's how you get away from all stuff but <laughs> so let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about purchasing again right so i'm willing to wait the time i'm cool waiting the time you tell me it's going to take anywhere from six that's six, six months six months to a year whatever mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. still price like I, why am i paying market so the house is, is, is listed for seven hundred thousand listed for seven hundred thousand dollars right sounds familiar Sounds familiar. <laughs> Why am I? I'm, this is not a short sale. I'm not paying short sale price for this house. Why am I paying seven hundred thousand dollars for it? What do you mean you're not paying short sale price for this house? Is there a, is there such thing as short sale price? That's what I heard. My cousin my cousin told me that I should be buying this house for because it's seven hundred thousand dollars. That sounds like market price. I should be paying five hundred thousand dollars for this house since it's a short sale. So why am I not getting it for a short sale price? No, see, that is, that's not the way that it works. There is no such thing as short sale price. There is a current market value price. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like you have to list the house considering the condition and the market value. Technically in a short sale, a bank will probably take maybe 10 to 15% less than market value, but it all depends on the condition of the house. It all depends on the condition of the house. And who determines the condition of the house? An appraiser or a broker's price opinion. Okay. The banks, the banks will send someone into the house. And sometimes they do both. They do a full-blown appraisal and they send a broker to give their professional opinion on the price, which is a BPO, is a broker price opinion. Uh -huh. So it all depends. Like it's not like it's not like the bank will not know the condition of the house. And you know, they, they there's a lot, a lot of back-end uh, 
paperwork and, and scrutinizing that takes place when a bank is reviewing a short sale. So there's no such thing as short sale price is current market value and condition of the home. Mm. And then if the bank is seeing that they can accept a short sale, right? And, and not foreclose and save themselves all this money by not foreclosing, then you know it, it just has to make sense. It has to make sense. And what makes sense when pricing a house is current market value and condition. That is what an agent and a buyer needs to go by. It's not my, short sale price. So you're telling me my cousin was wrong. My cousin's telling yeah, me yeah. that. Unfortunately, your cousin's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm not, I'm not going to take a real estate advice from him. him. No, don't, please. No, don't. <laughs> See, your, your cousin is probably under contract for like a year or two, isn't he? he you yeah, would be but, under contract for like two years. <laughs> Listening to your cousin, like two years with a short sale. <laughs> his, kids, his kids graduated college by the time he, he bought the house. <laughs> yeah, it's a right? good <laughs> You know what else I wanted to tell you is that, you know, another thing that I think homeowners need to know when they're listing their home as a short sale is that they get no proceeds from the sale. That was when I actually asked you about that. Okay. Yeah. So let me flip you back to a homeowner, right? No, you're, not no. alone. You, you're not a buyer anymore. You're a homeowner. <laughs> so you live in the house. Sometimes banks will allow a homeowner to get relocation assistance, depending if they currently live in the house. So that's something that we can look into. You know, if the homeowner still occupies the house, um, we can just put in so that maybe the bank will give them some relocation assistance okay. to help them. But they don't get like, you know, proceeds from the sale unless it's relocation assistance that has to be approved by both lien holders. Okay. If, yeah, so that's, that's the only way that a homeowner gets any proceeds from a short sale. So now I'm, I'm talking to you and this is, this is actually, a situation I'm going through now with someone I know that should have short sale, should have had a short sale on this property maybe like six years ago, right? Mm. They live in the boroughs, they live in Queens, and they're telling me that, listen, I have an investor that said that they're going to slide me $200,000 under the table for the short sale. But, um, what, how, I, I can't, I forget the exact scenario, but I have to sell them the house for like $400,000 or whatever. They, they, they're going to try to get the short sale approved for 400000 It's really This house is really worth like six and change. And they're going to slide me some money under the table. But you're telling me I can only get relocation money from the bank. That's illegal. They can't do that. All right. <laughs> well, I know that. But I'm just tell, saying, yeah, tell them, tell them not, to, not to do that. that. Yeah, you can't do that at all. Don't do that. That's, okay. Yeah. Tell them that, you know, as a as an agent that does things the right way, that mm -hmm. they should not listen to this seller. I mean, to this buyer that's offering them this, that they don't mm -hmm. wanna put themselves in that situation, that they just wanna do things the right way and possibly get relocation assistance and do the short sale process. You know what I mean? Either way, they're gonna have to go through the same process of a short sale. They're gonna have to provide documentations. They're gonna have to do a bunch of things. So why not? If, if, if the buyer wants to buy the house for 400,000, that's what you said, 400? 400, yeah. It doesn't make a difference. They still got to get it approved. Do you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. list the house, get the short sale submitted for 400,000 and see what the bank says. See what the bank says. But the homeowner does not want to put, it, 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 I don't know. It all depends on 
whoever's the lien holder and what they decide to do. You know what I mean? So yeah. every bank is different. Every bank, it, it all depends. And you know what's even more important? What type of loan did they purchase the house with? So I recently ran into a situation where a homeowner listed, we tried to do a short sale and they had, when they purchased a home, they, had, they purchased with an FHA loan. So when it came to getting a short sale approval, it had to get sent to HUD to approve. HUD came oh, back and said, absolutely not. We're not going to accept this short sale. So the investor came back and rejected the short sale. And it turns mm -hmm. out that there was so many years of delinquency that HUD did not approve the short sale. So it matters. Oh, you know, wow. Again, I mean, we, can, we can stay on this, on this Zoom call for like hours just yeah, so breaking it down. I'm here. I'm here. I don't have to go. Not me. Not me. I got things to do. <laughs> We can, you know, we can have a, a follow-up one, but you know, it's so, it's so important that, you know, it, it doesn't really, every, every case is different. Mm -hmm. Every homeowner's situation is different. Um, but I wouldn't recommend for your friend or your seller to do that. Just, this is my alleged friend, by the way, just in case anyone's listening, I don't really know this person. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, you know, it doesn't, you know, every case is different. It doesn't. Yeah. Well, you, you saw this market, so you say you started- But you know what it is? Think right. about the 1099 issue, right? I bet you anything they probably don't know about the 1099 issue. No, I'm pretty sure they don't. Okay. Pretty All right, sure don't. case closed. Okay. So, and so now to, break, to bring that back, what you're saying is with the 1099 issue, they're going to get stuck regardless. <laughs> so they're going to get hit either way they're going to get hit. It is to the homeowner's benefit to get as much money in a short sale mm -hmm. as possible. Gotcha. gotcha. And in this market, in this seller's market, that's a big mistake. They should yeah. just... Because you can get top dollar right now. Exactly. You get top dollar for it. Uh -huh. And if you get top dollar, your 1099 is less. Yeah. That's true. That's true. I told you she was the best. When I told you Annie is... If I ever have a, a short sale on my own, and this is all hypothetical, I'm becoming handy. <laughs> Don't have to ever be there. So let's backtrack to you a little bit, right? So you say you started what, 2004? 2004. 2004. So you, you've seen these cycles. Like you were- You know, I gotta be honest with you. I've never seen a market like this. This, is, this market is just another level. Like I don't It's think, insane. I've, I've talked to people that have been in this business for like 30 years. And they said they've never seen anything. I've like never that. seen anything like this. I've yeah. been doing full-time real estate since 2012. I went through the market crash, which is why I learned how to do short sale. Because I was like, what is that? And how do I do it? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, foreclosures, I have accounts with banks right now. And um, I've seen pretty much different markets. But like this one, I've never seen anything like this. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's, yeah. yeah, this is unprecedented. So this is, we can't even, we'll be talking about this for like the next 10 years. Oh <laughs> this, my goodness. This is just nuts. It's let's crazy. Talk, let's talk about the housing crash that you experienced, right? Because you, you've been in that market. Mm -hmm. How would you explain that market to like a rookie coming in that's just starting like, all right, I want to learn these short sales. This seems pretty easy. All I need is documentation from the seller. I can do this. Give them the real, the real background of, of what you think you need as far as to be, to, be, to be on your level. Let's put it like that. 
my level. No, um, you know, thinking back to when the so so back then, uh, buyers were buying with um, what they were calling 80-20s. So there were two loans, right? Mm -hmm. Different rates. The second loan, the twenty percent, had like a thirteen interest rate. Anyway, it was it was crazy. Eventually. You know, there's no income docs loan where buyers were buying literally with just $500 in contract. They were financing everything, 6% seller's concession. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, everybody was buying. And so, um, boom, the market crashes. So from one day to the next, it's like everyone's trans, every single deal that me personally and, you know, and, and other agents that were working in the office with me. And, you know, we just started seeing our deals like die left and right. It was yeah. ridiculous. It was like, what is going on? Like this died, that died. And then it just, everything just went out the window. Mm. Everything just went out the window. So um, it was, it was either it, a lot of agents that were full-time at that moment, they all ended up pretty much a majority of the agents ended up getting full-time jobs. Yeah. Um, we, yeah. It was crazy. It was, it was nuts. Like there was every single deal was dying. So either, either you either switch as an agent and you figure out a way to stay in business or you just had to get a job, like a regular full-time job. So that's when um, my broker at that time, um, he said, he used to call me Anita. He said, Anita, we have to do short sales. And I said, what is that? <laughs> what is that? And how do I do it? So I went to, I went to like, I went to a training session in Manhattan back in like 2008, 2009. I don't really remember when I learned everything I needed to learn about short sales and boom, that's how, you know, I, I, I was doing all the short sales in the office and then it was just short sales, getting short sales done left and right, left and right. So that's how I ended up knowing um, everything that I do about short sales. It was thanks to my broker at that particular mm-hmm. moment. And um, then I switched and uh, in 2012, I started doing foreclosures. Okay. Like REOs? REOs. Okay. So that's yeah. a different, yeah. yeah. So what happens when all, when the market crashed, mm-hmm. a whole bunch of people got foreclosed on and guess what? Then you switch hats. Foreclosures. Yeah. Foreclosures. So break down, so, so break down how that works. So now you're an REO agent. What's going, mm-hmm. on, what's going on with that? Uh, listing properties for, for banks, um, you know, maintaining the property and just a lot of work that goes into that too. So that's like a different. Yeah. So you're kind of like the property manager in a way, right? Like you're managing the property. You, you're, you're keeping up with the the grass not being 10 feet high outside and all of that. It stuff. all depends. It all depends on, you know, the bank that owns the, the property. Every, it's just like short sales. Okay. Banks had their different guidelines. So when it comes to foreclosures, uh, banks just, they maintain their, you know, the agent has certain uh, responsibilities when it comes to representing them for the sale of the house. So it, it all depends on what that bank has you doing. You know, I might have to have my own crew go and maintain the property, winterize the property and all that stuff when another one of my accounts can have another crew maintaining and winterizing and doing everything. So that's, it all depends. It's like, whew, we can be in here. We, yeah. <laughs> Give me some stories. I Very detailed stories. stories. 
I need some stories because you you them you've seen it all. I need some stories. I need an Ario like <laughs> the most crazy Ario story that you have. The more I mean, ah, uh, when I had to like literally, I had to. I remember it, it was like maybe nine, ten o'clock at night, and um, I get a phone call. And I had to just wake up my husband and tell my husband, babe, you have to come with me because we have to stop squatters from moving into a house. So yeah, we had, my husband was like, what? I was like, yeah, we got to go stop some squatters. I mean, I love it. I love it. I love what I do. I, I, everything that I've learned, you know, I'm grateful and, you know, it's just, it's pretty entertaining, I tell you. And you know, I the good thing, is, the good thing is that no transaction is the same, mm-hmm. yeah, right? That's so. true. That's one thing I like about this business, to be honest with you. That's one thing I like right? about because there's always is, something going on, right? Everything is different. Everything. You know, even even when a buyer tells me tells you, oh yeah, my friend just bought a house, and you know they had a two percent interest rate. It's mm-hmm. like. But I'm sure you don't have the same credit as your friend. (laughs) Like everything is different, you know. It's just so different, and this is what makes this, you know, makes real estate so awesome, right? Yeah, Yeah. this is why I love it. Um, So I'm going to give a little story right now, right? Because Annie helped me with a deal recently, a short sale deal that was a disaster before Annie got involved. Disclaimer: Annie was not involved before it was a disaster, but um. This is before we even knew it was a short sale. Well, we knew that the, that the homeowner, I knew that the homeowner was behind in her payments. So I knew it was going mm-hmm. to be a loss in some way. Um, mm-hmm. But there was this, I can't even really go too deep into the story. But anyway, so now I got Amy involved, right? Amy's like, Sean, give me the, give me the paperwork that I need. I, I'm going to take it over. Chill out. Go do some video content. Stay out of my Don't call me. Whatever. So Annie's, I'm, what I'm trying to say is Annie, trans, the transaction I had with Annie was smooth as hell, right? And I'm not just saying that because I know her and, you know, we're buddies. I'm not just saying that. I appreciate that. Thank you. Give me your flowers. But now I'm, I'm dealing with another short sale situation. I think I, I think I told you about this one. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a 203K, which is a, a rehab loan. Uh, I discussed that. In this the- is your buyer doing a 203K? It's a 203K. It's a short sale. So we go into the property. I get all the information from the listing agent. They tell me everything is fine. We have the short sale approval. It's already uh, approved by the bank, X, Y, Z. So I'm like, all right, I'm going in there confident. I just finished the deal with Annie. This is easy. I, you know, whatever. I got it. <laughs> so this was this is literally in February. This deal hasn't closed yet. Mm. The negotiator is telling us is that the investor is. is it will not return my phone calls in three months. They, they, we pressured the bank to, um, when the buyer's in, to um, approve this, approve the um, loan, right? To give us a commitment to go through the whole process. Everyone thinking that we had the short sale approval, and this was in March, and we're still waiting for this deal to close. So what I'm saying is every, every negotiator for short sale is not the same. They're all not any at all <laughs> so be just be careful with what you're dealing with and know what you what you're going into up front because my buyer yeah. the appraisal we did the appraisal we did the tour appraisal they paid for the commitment you know what i mean they, we did a survey great extensions extensions uh, absolute disaster but oh my gosh nice. 
and we just get, we got good news today. I'm not even mentioning the good news because I don't know what's happening, but we got some type of good news today. So hopefully this is going to close in the next two weeks. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. So everyone's not created equal. So if you do have a short sale and you're in New, do you only do New York? Like, can you do short sales in other states? Does that does that make sense? Or do you have to? Well, no, we we're just I'm just New York licensed. So why? Um, why only New York licensed? This is me because, and short. Because why? You know, I don't know. I anywhere. What's really the difference? Right? I don't know. I haven't really looked into that, to be honest with you. Like doing short sales in other states. I mean, it has to do with you know. I guess um. I guess they can do. They, I could do. I could get like a referral fee, maybe for for negotiating short sales, because I won't be the listing agent, obviously, if it's out of state. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, we could probably do like referral fees. Yeah. So listen, if you if you're out of state and you have a short sale that you're working with, I'll give you Annie's number. I got you. She's right here. <laughs> we take referral fees, right? We take referral fees. All day, every day. <laughs> <laughs> we take referral fees. As long as they let me do my thing. And I can just, you know, give me green light. I'm mm -hmm. good to go. I'm telling you, she told me to just go do video, stay out of her way, and I, and I stayed out of her way. <laughs> I, I said it happen. nicely. <laughs> I was nice about it. I was like, please, <laughs> just don't talk to anybody. Oh, so let's <laughs> talk about that as well. So when you're dealing with a short sale, right, <laughs> everyone should not be contacting the bank. No, it just gets too complicated. Okay, so how does that no. work? No, I, you know, I don't think that I need to be calling the bank. Sean needs to be calling the bank. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Hold on one second. Something's going on here. So, um, no, the, the more people that contact the bank, it just becomes too complicated. You have the homeowner contacting the bank. I'm contacting the bank. I'm contacting the bank. The seller's attorney is contacting the bank. The listing. No, one person contact the bank and that's it. You know, it's just becomes, it's just easier that way. It's less complicated that way. You less know what I mean? Less cooks in the kitchen. Less cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, it's just, it, it just, no. Mm -mm. Okay. Doesn't work. That's the first thing I say is all communication stops. I'm the only one that's, you know, let me do what I have to do and speak to the bank. And, you know, I know how to, I know when to escalate, how to escalate, who I need to talk to you know, develop a relationship with the negotiator, you know, and just, it just makes it a lot more easier for just one person. That's it. Makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. We got to get you on some social media, woman. I'm trying to get Annie active on her social media to give, to drop all of these, this knowledge. We're working on that. Game. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'm, I'm going to meet up. We got to meet up next week. I'm going to bring my videographer with me next week. We're going to do some stuff together. Mm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, what it took you like three weeks to get me on a Zoom call? <laughs> oh, y'all, I've been trying to get Annie on this Zoom. No, three weeks. This is longer than three weeks. Annie months. On vacations. I, I swear. I think she's been home this whole time, though. I, I think she was just telling what? me. <laughs> I just went to celebrate my 18 year anniversary with yes. my honey. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I have been trying to get Annie on this Zoom for at least like two months. Yeah, we, but you know what? It's, I, I don't know, but you know what? But we just did it though. We did it. We, did we got it, it done. Famous, right? I told we got you, it done. I told you this was going to be easier than you thought. We got it done. We got it done. We got, we, you know, we're going to do like follow-ups. We got to do follow-ups. You know? We have okay. to do follow-ups. But let me tell you what I did today. So I had a, um, I have a, a walkthrough. It's not a short sale. 
with um, another agent in my office and she hates video content. Like she doesn't want to be in the front of the camera. At like all. me, like, like me. But I said, you know what? I have to get, oh, what's going on? All right. So I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just not going to tell her that my videographer's coming. Oh my gosh. She was like, she wanted to kill me when she got out of her car. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you had your videographer show up without telling her? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That's I, bad. She was like, Sean, I'm in my gym clothes. Oh my God, content. that's so bad. It made for great content, though. Oh my God. <laughs> so I may have to do that with you. I'll just have him sit in the back of the car and just hop out like, oh. <laughs> I will, you know, I will just get right back in my car and be like, I'll just talk to you later. <laughs> nope, I'm good. <laughs> Nope, I'm good. I'll give you a little heads up. I give you, I give you a day notice. You have what to. You have to. So you get your glam squad ready and all that stuff. I got you. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what's next for Annie? What's what's the next step? Because I think you, me personally, I think you should have a little team under you to be doing these short sales. So before we get before we get into that, we just mentioned that this market is a little different, right? This is this is a crazy market that we're in. People are paying crazy numbers over asking price. People are waiting for appraisals. It's going to get ugly. Like, this is not going to end well in the next few years, in my opinion. Wait until this moratorium is over. We'll see what's coming up there. Yeah? Waiting, yeah. This, uh, I, I, it's like, I, I don't even know. To me, it's like unpredictable because there's mm-hmm. so much equity in homes these days that you don't know. You know what I mean? But I don't, I don't, I mean, a lot of homeowners have been on forbearance plans for Oh, yeah, almost about a year and a half. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. You know, all these evictions that have been on hold, all these Mm -hmm. foreclosures that have been on hold for a year. Um, I don't know. I'm just waiting to see what's going to happen, you know? When is the market going to change from a seller's market to a buyer's market? A buyer's market, which I I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen that drastic, but I do think you're going to see a lot of investors that were basically living like check to check like these, you know, these single family investors, maybe multifamily that were living like, not check to check, but they were using this rental income, you know, to supplement income. The commercial, the commercial, yeah. commercial industry got hit a lot. So, yeah. So, yeah. Only commercial is ever really going to bounce back. Hmm. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. I know I just got, I, I think we just got notification that the moratorium got extended until the end of July, I think. The end of July 31st. I think they're going to keep no. it. I think they're going to keep I it. Don't, I don't think so. I hope not. I mean, I, I just don't know what it's going to do to yeah. to the market. So but what do you think? Is, my, my main question was, with all of these buyers right now paying over overpriced for these houses, they're not doing appraisals on these houses. So no one really knows what the value is. How what goes up has to come down, like it's, it has to. Uh, I'm. I'll give you an example. So I live in North Babylon, Long Island, right? A colleague at my office listed a two bedroom house, two bed, one and a half bath. The house was no bigger than nine hundred fifty square feet. Listed it for four hundred thirty thousand. Got five twenty four. In Babylon, North Babylon, literally across the street from me. I can walk there. It takes me like three minutes to walk there. No way the house is worth that. So this, I mean, I don't wish, it, wish this on anyone, but this buyer is going to be upside down. There's no way they're ever going to catch up to that. 
Well, if the buyer's financing, mm -hmm. the house has to appraise for it. They waive the appraisal. But so the buyer is going to be paying the difference? The buyer's going to pay the difference. I, 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 buyers, I, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I, I don't know. You know, everyone's, everyone makes their own decisions, obviously, but I would not, I would not. I, I mean, again, the market changes, you know, now it's a seller's market, then it becomes a buyer's market. The market changes. So what happens when it becomes a buyer's market? What happens to the, you know, what these buyers are purchasing these homes mm -hmm. for. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? I, 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 do, I feel like back in the days when the market crashed, right? Um, they were buying with no down payment. Like mm -hmm. there was no such thing as a minimum down payment of three and a half percent FHA. So I feel like now, is there some kind of similarity with what's going on now with buyers paying the difference between appraised value to what they offered for the house and mm -hmm. back in the days with, I mean, there's so much to think about, you know, yeah. as an agent and really to sit down and analyze what's going on now. And, and is it going to like be a disaster down the line? We don't know, but then there's so much equity in these homes that I, I, I really, I'm just waiting yeah. and reading and educating myself and seeing what's going on. And, and what are the, what are these experts saying? You know, what are they saying? about the market, what's the prediction, what's mm -hmm. going to happen. So it's just so crazy right now. Yeah. I mean, even with the experts, even with, I feel like they're, it, it depends on who you listen to, right? It's, it depends on which, which direction you're going because they're all, no one knows what the hell is going to happen. But whenever someone is overpaying for anything, they are going to be in the red. I know. I personally tell the buyers, do not waive your appraisal. I mean, I, I'm not even presenting anyone. No way. Do not do not. There's other ways. Mm -hmm. There's other ways to structure the deal so that the buyer's happy and you know everyone is happy in the transaction. There's other ways to structure the deal and not waive your appraisal contingency. Mm -hmm. The agents just has to be. If the agents are on the same page and they talk and they you know and they figure something out, you can still close the transaction. I think but, the agents um, the agents don't even know what the hell they're asking their buyers to do. No, because some agents, unfortunately, are just... They're just starting out. Or you had some that, that have been just like treading for years that never seen this type of market that, you know, none of us ever really saw. And now everyone's like, you know what? This is the only way I can probably get something accepted now. Like, I don't even know how to be, you know, to present a real offer. Like, they're telling people to waive the appraisal. They're telling people to waive the inspection. They're telling people to waive their, um, their mortgage commitments. So what are you really going into a house with at that point like what is what's helping you if all else fails <laughs> that's how i look I at that it. i think it's crazy because like there's the, the the shortage of inventory that we are dealing with now has it has buyers like really desperate mm -hmm. and the fact that rent is so high too so and interest rates are so low now so it's a combination of everything that i kind of understand where buyers are you know, and, and, and making a decision, like, do I pay somebody else's rent when I could be purchasing my own home and, and with a lower mortgage than what I'm paying in rent, you know, so, and do I take advantage of the interest rates being so low? So it's, it's just, 
it's like a catch 22. You know what yeah. I mean? It's what to do, what to do. Uh, they have to be able to compete with, uh, with other buyers out there mm-hmm. because of the shortage of inventory that we have. So it's just so much to think about. But again, there's ways. There's of course. ways to negotiate for your buyer that you do not put your buyer in that situation where they have to pay more mm-hmm. for a house that doesn't appraise. There's a way to do it because I've done it plenty of times and there's ways to be able to negotiate that for a buyer so that they don't find themselves in a tough situation and they take advantage of you know the low interest rates and and uh, i wouldn't say the prices because the prices sellers are taking advantage of the prices, sellers are taking advantage of the prices. yeah i'm tempted I'm, I'm like five minutes away from putting a sign in front of my house <laughs> right <laughs> me too i've been telling my husband should we sell should we not what's going on what are we gonna do Man, my neighbor has the same exact house and they haven't touched it in 15 years. And the number that they received for that house, I'm like, this is crazy. This is insane. It is. It is. I wish I had somewhere to go. If I had, if I, if I knew someone <laughs> that could rent me their basement right now, I'll probably sell by. Right? <laughs> right? I know. It's crazy. And then buy where the prices drop. Yeah, exactly. That's when I'll come to you for my, my $300,000 short sale. Even yeah. Years. For yeah. sure. For sure. <laughs> Oh man, I'm trying to think how, how to wrap this up, man. This is this is great. Uh, we we definitely have to do a part two to this because I feel we'll like we'll do a part two. No problem. Just don't show up with your videographer without telling me because we can have a walk away. <laughs> I can't promise that. I can't promise. <laughs> no, but we definitely have to do this again, man. This is well. Fun. Thank you for inviting me. It was an honor. Thank I you. appreciate it. Well, tell people how they can reach you before we before we hang up. How can they um, well, they can call my cell phone, 516-429-0488. Um, I think that's the best way to reach me. Okay. Any social media? Um, you trying to shout out to social media? AnnieLIHomes.com. That's my website. Okay. Um, I would save my, my, my email. It's amaneses at signaturepremiere.com. Okay. All of that would be below. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. So if you if you um if you're in a buying or if you if you're coming if you're an agent and you have a short sale that you just don't know what to do with the next step, give Annie a call. She's amazing. It takes a seven oh, thank you. approved. She said it here first. I'm gonna loop that. <laughs> it depends on the man. You're dangerous, you're dangerous. <laughs> no, but you're dangerous. Annie's the best, man. I if I ever have another short sale, I'm bringing it straight to Annie. There's no questions. There's, there's no doubts about that. So. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Being part of the podcast, you were great. This was not as bad as you thought, even though it took two months, and we knocked it out. But um, thanks a lot, Annie. All right, no problem. Take care. Thanks for the invite. <laughs> Later. Okay. Bye. bye.